0: Richie Edwards, otherwise known as Richie James or Richie Monic, has been missing for 27 years, 11 months, and 9 days. Trigger warning, in today's episode there will be mentions of suicide, suicidal thoughts, depression, and anorexia. So my love, if that's something that you can't handle listening to at this time, it's okay. You can click off. And you could spin the block for another episode. It's that easy. Hello, beautiful people of the world. It's your internet best friend Neo Phantom. And what happened to Richie Edwards? Before the answer to your question is revealed, if you would like to follow me on any of my socials, I'm the Neo Phantom on IG and Neo Phantom on Everything Else. To do the same for the podcast, it's 5W Phantom on Everything. For business inquiries five w phantom is the place to go and before we get into this case i don't know if you all hear a difference okay new equipment you feel me new mic we starting off this year strong all the other episodes that y'all heard were pre-recorded so that's why it wasn't really giving what it's giving now okay but we did get new equipment I'll make you do a video on it, but enough talking, let's get it. Richie Edwards disappeared between February 1st and the 14th in 1995. His car was found parked near Severn Bridge, a famous spot for suicide, but because his body was never found, Richie's family were reluctant to declare him dead instead of missing. On the 1st of February, 1995 the musician who played guitar and wrote lyrics for a welch indie band which is where this case is based by the way it's based in welsh was spotted at the embassy hotel in london he was supposed to be flying to the usa that day with bond james dean bradfield for a promotional tour but instead he drove back to his home in cardiff dropped off his passport credit cards his belongings and it hasn't been seen since well dang let's just unpack that real quick okay he dropped off his passports he dropped off his credit cards back to his home so i presume he lived alone because as a family member you told me you going away you're traveling Why are you bringing your passport back? Why are you bringing your credit cards back? Like what's going on? So I presume he lived alone because that's pretty sketch to see coming from somebody who's supposed to be traveling. But Richard James Edwards, also known as Richie James or Richie Monic, Richie Edwards, who was he? Born December 22, 1967 in Blackwood, he was a Welsh musician who was the lyricist and rhythm guitarist for the alternative rock band Manic Street Preachers, but he wasn't really a musician and rarely got involved in the studio. Singer James Dean Bradfield, the one who he was supposed to be traveling with, played all the guitar parts instead. So he is basically faking. He wasn't really doing nothing. It was a ploy. On stage, Richie's amp was frequently turned down. Like I said, he was just there to be looked at, not really listened to, per se. Other members of the group included Nikki Wire, James Dean Bradfield, as mentioned multiple times already, Sean Moore, Miles Woodard, and Jenny Watkins-is-naughty. He was known for his dark, politicized, and intellectual songwriting, which, combined with an enigmatic, okay, an eloquent character, assured him cult status. <laughs> now, cult status, as in a fan base that's damn now called like Cardi's fan base, Nicki's fan base, the Barb's the B.I. for Beyonce, like that. Like, everybody basically loved him within that realm. So that's where they're coming from when they refer to a cult status. Monic street preachers, with their own invented slogan of culture, alienation, boredom, and despair, challenged everything around them. While growing up in Blackwood, a small town in the southern valleys of Wales, the monarchs as kids witnessed the minor as in M I N E R strikes. Present in the atmosphere of the country was the sense that the Welsh had been beaten down, as in they lost. They became the black sheep of Britain, the bulk of every British joke. Like you know that one country within like a continent that one country that's just the odd one out basically like the one who nobody really vibes with or that one city in every country like it's basically that's what welsh was when it came to britain with this in mind the monarchs promised themselves to not be beaten down and to become so intelligent that they could not be beaten Words taken from James Dean Bradfield, the band singer. He was letting y'all know. <laughs> Dying happening on this side. Y'all, as a community, y'all as a city, y'all as a country, whatever you want to call it. Y'all could be beaten now, but us ain't happening. As for Richie Edwards, more than anything else, he wanted to be taken seriously. During an interview, Steve Lamarck conducted... With Edwards, Richie set out to convince Lamarck as well as those who were watching that he and the Monarchs were for real. Okay, just to prove how real they were, Richie carved "for real" into his arm during the interview. If you would like to see the image, it's horrible sight. If you would like to see the image, it's up on the YouTube video version of this episode. It was a horrible sight to see, like I said, for everyone present at the time. You could imagine, you front row to an interview from, let's say, one of your favorite celebrities. Or you just there front row for entertainment. And you see this human carving words. It don't even have to be words, but carving into their flesh right in front of you. Like, are you serious? Of course, afterwards, he was taken to the hospital, but like, come on, come on, I wouldn't be able to watch me ice going full. I can't really handle gory things, so I would have been up and out of there. Along with his unwavering commitment and need for artistic expression, Richie struggled with severe depression drank excessively at times and used Prozac. I don't even know what Prozac is, sweetie. I suppose it's a drug. I didn't research it. I researched everything else, but I didn't really research what exactly Prozac was because I wanted to get into y'all. I wanted to get into it with y'all. So this is an antidepressant. That's interesting. It is used for the treatment of major depressive disorder, which is what he had obsessive compulsive disorder bulimia nervosa panic disorder and premenstrual dysphoric disorder listen if y'all trying to get into it speak with y'all doctor (laughs) don't don't take these words from me and go run and try pick some up i'm not sure if it's a prescribed drug probably is but just saying Heroin, however, like everybody's saying he was a druggie or whatever, the case may be overusing these substances, but heroin wasn't something he would touch, okay? He stated in one of his songs called Drug, Drug, Druggy that heroin is just too cliche. He also drank too much. Like I said, he drank excessively. And eventually went into rehab for all of this mess that he was intaking. When he reappeared, even from his childhood bondmates, he appeared to be growing more and more alone. He claimed to be unlovable and doomed to remain alone in one of his last interviews. So after rehab, I guess he had a lot of thinking. Obviously, you have a lot of time on your hands, a lot of free time. I guess he was thinking like bro I'm doomed to be alone like that like that's just my destiny bro to be alone to be by myself and that's crazy he claimed to be unlovable like you know how sad and hurtful that is yo it seemed at times that everything Richie said and did was well rehearsed and planned based off of Everything that I'm reading and everything that I research, I feel like it was just him. But, or maybe because he was a person that was so like cheerful, I guess, or so strong on the outside when he was at interviews and on stage, his stage presence gave off something different from what he was actually going through. I feel like that's why they said. Everything that he said and did was well rehearsed. Like he had to practice it to put on a show or put on a front to take away from how he actually was feeling. At the time, Monarch Street Preachers were enjoying success with their third album, The Holy Bible. I look into this group, y'all, because I'm Christian, Okay. I ain't looking into nobody. You talking about cults freaking all they self. Your album called The Holy Bible. And you moving how you moving. Listen, the research with me. So I was like, I ain't going to look too deep into them. Y'all could go listen if that's your speed. But they was, you know, receiving the success from their third album. Flourishing rather quickly. But Edwards... Had just broken up with his girlfriend. The bond wasn't going in the direction that he wanted it to. I guess. And he wasn't really getting on with them. Like they were gaining success. They were gaining gaining traction. But. He wasn't feeling it. He really didn't want to be around them. He wanted to be alone. He wanted to be by himself. He didn't see that the direction they were going in. Was a good thing I guess yeah he just said like yo this ain't this ain't the type time I trying to be on he didn't really have anything else outside the bond and he had given it his everything so I guess he tried and tried and tried but he couldn't really bring himself to be the person he was before because they grew up together like bro these practically your best friends. These your siblings at this point." So, Richie came to the conclusion that, rather living in obscurity, he would remove himself from the situation. He checked out of the embassy hotel in London first thing in the morning. He took his wallet, keys, passport, and some Prozac. <laughs> he stayed strapped, sound like. But my question is, how did they get to London? I feel like, okay, this was the third album, The Holy Bible, boom. I feel like they were touring or like going from place to place promoting because they were supposed to go to the U.S., yeah. So they were like promoting. All right. He checked out of the Embassy Hotel in London first thing in the morning. He took his wallet, keys, passport, and some Prozac, like I said. Then proceeded to drive to Wales, crossing the Severn Bridge, which connects England to Wales. He and Bradfield were due to fly to America for a promotional tour that day. Like I told y'all, they had to be on some type of touring vibes because, boom, drove to Wales. Okay, they were in London. Welsh, they were city hopping, country hopping, promoting their album. Two weeks prior to going missing, Richie had taken out 2,800 pounds from his bank account. Sir, I mean, that ain't weird or nothing. I guess you planning for your trip, you getting money changed because they were from Welsh or Britain, London, wherever you want to. Whatever you want to say, basically. So they had to get their money converted. So I don't think at the time, him removing $2,800 from his bank account, 2800 pounds from his bank account, seemed weird. But then, two weeks later, Edwards Vauxhall Cavalier was found abandoned at the Severn View service station. It was close to the Severn Bridge. A non-suicide site, like I told y'all. A toll booth receipt was recovered, confirming that he had crossed the bridge the day he vanished. So, let me reread that. Two weeks later, Edwards' O'Hall Cavalier was found abandoned at the Severn View service station. So, and far from the Severn Bridge. Basically. Service station. Hmm... They were due to fly to America. I trying to put this case together myself. How am I moving? Seven views for a station. It was close to seven, like, I don't feel like he committed suicide, but that's just me. I I mean, going from the person that he was, I guess, maybe, That's why they jumped straight to the conclusion of suicide because he was already depressed. Um, And then you lose your girlfriend. You ain't feeling your friends no more. You already feel alone. So I could see why they felt as though he committed suicide. But the details just weird to me. I'm sorry. I don't know. Given his history of mental health issues and self-harm, particularly the incident in 1991 when he coughed the phrase for real into his forearm to prove a point to NME journalist Steve Lamac, it was assumed that Edwards had taken his own life. So before I even read it trust me, when I do my script and when I research, I don't remember anything until i read it again because i have so much stuff back to back to be researching and scripting right now so i practically just be reacting and moving like how y'all would move here in this for the first time so yeah like i said it was assumed that edwards had taken his own life like i just said when i was going on my rant the severn bridge was a notorious suicide spot but the musician's family claimed he wasn't the type of person to kill himself. Okay. Now, I could respect where they were coming from when they said he ain't a person, he ain't the type of person to kill themselves. But that's literally, both six or seven times out of ten, the family's story, like, oh, he was in the, or he or she wasn't the type of person to kill themselves, um, or take their own lives. But here we are. Were you checking on this person? Were you speaking to them? Were you making sure that they're okay? Were you making sure that they that they were not to the point where they would have to off themselves? You get what I'm saying? Like, how do you know? Were you present in their, Were you present in their lives? Because he's saying he feel like he don't have nobody. He didn't have nothing to lose. He lost his girlfriend practically lose his bond. he didn't say nothing about family. They only really come around after his death. They only were really brought up after his death. So where were you when all this was happening? Where were you when he came out of rehab? Like when he came out of rehab feeling ten times worse than before. So how would you really know that he wasn't the type of person to commit suicide? Like So when people say stuff like that, it's like, how do you know if you weren't there, if you weren't by their side helping them every step of the way? You feel me now for the ones who actually were there or whatever, and just didn't see the signs. I can see where y'all coming from when y'all say, "Okay, I don't see them as the type of person to kill themselves," or maybe it actually wasn't a suicide; it was something else. Then I get that, but. Where were y'all this whole time? I'm sorry. Anyways, following his disappearance in the 90s, Edwards was declared legally dead in November 2008. It was widely presumed that he had taken his own life, but a body was never found and there was no definitive proof that he died by suicide. There were alleged sightings of Richie throughout the continent of Asia, So perhaps he's still alive? I don't know. The last known photo of him will be inserted in the YouTube version of this episode. (laughs) If you're watching on YouTube, then you've already seen it. Either way, they saying maybe he's still alive, but literally everybody who died a tragic death or was like major celebrity status, and they died in a weird or a tragic way that didn't seem like them maybe or it doesn't add up. It's always presumed or presumed that they're still alive like Tupac. People swear down that he's still alive. But <laughs> anyways, yeah, so often people feel fearful or afraid to admit that they are struggling with their mental health, especially our men. Literally. This fear of prejudice and judgment stops individuals from getting the help they need, leading to families being destroyed and lives ending prematurely. I hope you all listen in this part. This, this is the outro, this is my outro, this part of my episode is very important to me because I care a lot about people, care about everyone's mental health, care about the human race really and how we move as people you feel me how we feel as people like i take that really seriously so tune in this is not funny it's not really funny to me it's not for entertainment really like i said it's usually men most of the times that are most of the time that's scared to come out or up and be like oh I'm depressed or I'm sad I feel a certain way because as men I presume they're supposed to be seen as just strongling like not weakling strongling like the person who's supposed to be strong the person who who isn't supposed to feel pain or who isn't supposed to be down or be hurt like you're supposed to stay strong and keep it cool all the time so I feel like that's why it's hard for men, especially, to come out and be like, I'm not okay. Get me? Like, come on, this fair of prejudice, like I said, and judgment has to stop. I'll be linking mental health partners in the description of this episode. Please, 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 in all seriousness, if you know within yourself that you need help with your mental health, get some. You're still here. You're still breathing. You're still alive, which is amazing. You're amazing. Okay. You're beautiful. I tell you all that every episode, every beginning to an episode, I remind you that you're a beautiful human being. Okay. You're strong and you're strong because you're still here. You're still fighting that fight. You're still pushing through it. No matter how hard it is, you're still here. What I'm saying is for my men, women, boys, and girls that are tuned in, age literally does not matter. That's another point. Age does not matter when it comes to being sad. Like, come on, threshold the womb, toddler crawling around. You have a right to be sad. That's in nature literally age doesn't matter so if your 11 year old child come to you and tell you that they're depressed they're sad don't take it as a joke don't think because oh they fresh on the planet they can't be depressed they can't be sad they can't be down honestly same for a 30 40 year old don't think because they all in they already experience everything they probably done been through <laughs> hell and they can't be depressed because oh you've already seen that before like come on age does not matter experience does not matter background doesn't matter your history does not matter okay i want you all to know that if it's anyone that loves you it's me i'm proud of you okay to everyone that's listening you feel me if you're going through anything like this i'm proud of you you're still here You're still listening. You're doing great. If you want a full detailed episode with me speaking on this topic, let me know. That'll be zero problem. I feel like I'll do it either way. But y'all let me know if it's something specific that y'all want me to speak on. Or if you want something added in the episode. If you want to say something. If you want me to speak on your behalf in the episode. Whatever it may be let me know with that said i'll see you beautiful people next week remember like i said if it's anyone that loves you it's me i'm proud of you you're strong you're doing great you're amazing and i'll see y'all in the next episode toodles i love you again don't forget don't forget yoga hair if you all need a hair yoga hair coming for me every two seconds if you need somebody to speak to and you don't want to go to a therapist you don't want to go to somebody who i guess it's a standard therapist and who just forced really to hear about your issues because that's her job if you don't want to go to somebody like that come to me okay i'll be your listening ear. i don't call myself the internet best friend for no reason I'm literally here to understand y'all like this is a friendship. Never forget that. Again, I love y'all. I always close out with that. And I'll see y'all next week. Toodles. Ah. (laughs)